0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode forty-one of the Rocket Punch Show. I'm one of your hosts, the man behind the the desk, the screen here, Cameron. Um, and as always, we've got the Dark Lord of Hype himself, Mister Darth Turner, aka Seth. Seth, what's up, sir? It's it's it feels like E3 just came and went a little bit, it, like in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Yep, it, I, I think we all learned
1: this year that the event is missed and that despite the fact that the event isn't that great <laughs> in and of itself, it is apparent that the, I guess, the, the the milestone, the beacon is important, right? Like, even if the like E3 show floor isn't cool, the, the places around it are pretty cool. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, um, it's like when you go to a, a concert for, like, a really shitty band, but then, like, there's a lot of good, like, food, and there's merch, and, like, all these other people, like, hanging out around, and you're like, ah, the concert was shit, but everything else was pretty cool.
0: So like, It's kind of it, like that, right? It's kind of redeeming. Yeah, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a
1: little bit redeeming.
0: I know, we talked, and we had episodes last year about E3 and its relevance and its impact, and I think, I think a lot of people were excited to see it come back, you know, even in its digital form, which, you know, you can... Everyone's going to have thoughts on how that worked out for them in the long run. I think the bigger, the big test is going to be next year when, you know, all things willing, it's going to go back to a physical, you know, I I don't think they're going to stay digital moving forward, but going back to the LA Convention Center and going back to physical and like having people come in, it's definitely going to go there. But then also seeing what their plan is for this digital The digital part of that, because I'm really, I don't think we'll know immediately. It may be a while, but I'm really curious about how the digital side went for E3. And if they can see that value, if there is enough push for that to say, okay, you know what, we actually had a lot more engagement and viewership with people online. Let's also do the online portion as well. Um, And I think that'll get us more viewers and more attendees and stuff. And, you know, and it's, you know, I'll even... uh, there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of factors in that, and if they're going to do that or not, I, I I'd be curious to see. Uh, yeah, it's
1: I I agree as far as like focus and excitement. The 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 show is important, right? Like I really feel like mm-hmm. the show is important. However, I don't think it is wise to say like oh next year we're going back to normal because I have always said this about e three. E three is by nature a very excluding. It's like uh, it's very exclusive, and I mean that not in like the Ooh, it's very exclusive who gets to go, but like uh, less than like 0.0001% of the world's gaming population actually gets to go to that. Right. So what's actually happening at the show floor isn't that big as much as it is like how people at home are reacting to it. So this year I think was actually one of the best years because I've talked for years, Cameron, on this podcast for years. I have talked about how they need to just release things for people to play like. It's stupid yeah. that Cyberpunk was this behind closed... Just put the thing out. Like, if you want to do a 40-minute video of, a, of you, like, talking through the gameplay, or if you want to do the demo where it's like, you know, we're going to put the demo up for, like, a week or whatever, that's what E3 should be. The physical location stuff is, like, press conferences and then, uh, quite honestly, business meetings. The idea of it being a fan convention is, like, give or take, right? Yeah. But... So I like that part of this year. I love what the Xbox demo uh, showcase. I love the Steam demo. Um, I don't remember what they call like Steam Fest or something. It was Steam uh, Fest, yeah. Yeah, so like that was really cool. And I was able to play Tunic, right? Like that's something you would have had to go to a convention to be able to play Tunic or or test some of these games out. So it was like really, really cool. I hope that that part sticks around. But yeah, I mean, I don't see Keeley going back, which means that a lot of, you know, every year there's going to be this weird like, contention between e3 and keely but if keely continues to like focus on really great digital experiences and e3 is like oh we're gonna back off the digital stuff and go back to the showroom, you know the the show floor stuff then yeah i think most people are gonna like be more excited for keely's stuff because it's what most people can actually consume right and yeah. at this point keely can get the big guns we've learned this year he can get the big guns yes so,
0: yes he definitely can I'm uh, and, and, speaking of that, I'm excited. Like the big part of E3 yeah. guys are the games. And today we're just, we got nothing on the docket except talking about E3 and all of the games are, we saw that we're super, super excited for, uh, that came out of E3 and that were talked about at E3 guys. That's what we're going to talk about today, right now on the rocket punch show, your Southern source for all things, gaming, geek, and more. Uh, of course, guys, you can listen to this show every Tuesday on your podcast service of choice. You can also listen to us live as we record the show each and every Sunday right here at twitch.tv slash Rocket Punch Live every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Everybody who's in chat, we thank you guys for joining us as always and tuning in. Uh, Guys, remember, if you want to catch all the content I'm making for you there, you can head over to rocketpunchgo.com. That is your one-stop shop for all the videos, podcasts, streams, and more right there at your fingertips. Guys, in doing that, there, there are a lot of cool, awesome, interesting ways you can help support the show. Uh, so many avenues of doing that there. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. For now, let's talk E3 finally. No more dilly-dallying. No more d- distractions. We're going to talk about some E3, guys. Topic of the show, as I said at the top, E3 2021. Our favorite games from the show. You know, I I, I, I talked to Seth about this before mm-hmm. uh, the show, like it. I was listening to all my podcasts and just gauging the gaming hemisphere through E3 week. Everybody's always very excited, but like near the end, eventually when you hear your people talk about E3, I just, we talked about this last year, Seth, and like, you, honestly, it's been coming to this point where we just, you know, who won E3? Who had the best conference? Blah, blah, blah. It's It is to the point for me where it's just gotten droll, and I think it really... It takes away from what E3 and is about and should be about, and kind of what we've tried, we've kind of inadvertently said, but apparently sometimes flip flop on it is about the games. That's what we're, that's what E3 is about. And all the conferences were great. You can, you know, everybody's going to like one conference better than the other, especially because you know. But it boils down to what games were shown there. Um, and I was just like, you know what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about who won E3 and who had the best conference. Uh, we're gonna talk about the games. And so today, guys, all we're doing is we're gonna talk about our favorite games from the show and why we like them. That's it. Doesn't matter from Summer Game Fest, uh, you know, the Nintendo Direct, the Xbox Showcase, the Square Enix conference, Bandai Namco's—well, maybe not them—but um, we, we're gonna. We're going to talk about all of the games that were shown off throughout this last week um, for E3 week. Um, Seth and I have a list, a very large list here, um, of games that we're going to go through. Um, Before I get started, though, I do want to make mention of two things of reference that are really awesome. For people who have not had the chance, um, there's two links that we're going to be referencing. Number one is the E3 recap I uh, actually had um, some people on Twitter send this my way but this is an awesome website that basically takes all of the trailers every game that was announced and all of like the gameplay reveals or the demos or whatnot that were shown that are on YouTube the page is basically it pulls all those in it's one page that has every e3 game announced uh, they do it they've been doing it for a while now but if you are looking for a great, uh, page just to watch all of the videos that came out of E3 instead of having to track them down on YouTube. This uh, link is awesome to check that out. Um, for people in Twitch chat, it is in the chat and then um, it'll be in the show notes as well for people watch uh, listening um, at home. The other link is um, if you're just wanting you don't care so much about the videos but you want to get more details um, and this is going to be a, a link that I'll be referencing um, as we talk about some of these games to get some more information. Um, Gigi app, which I have talked about and praised on the show. It's fucking awesome. Um, we actually, uh, one of the creators there, I think actually the user, Sir Charles Watson actually created a list of every game from E3 and Summer Game Fest. Um, so if you want to know every game that was talked about and announced, um, not necessarily the trailers, but just the games themselves, Gigi app, that link, um, as well will be in the show notes and it is in Twitch chat for people that want to check that out also. Um, I'm done with my spiel. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, we're going to go back and forth as we always do, guys. Um, Seth, I hope that's okay. Seth, yeah. I am going to let you do the honor and kick us off with our first game.
1: All right. What, now, what? I mentioned earlier the big guns. I if you're if you're watching the video version, you can already see what I'm going to be talking about, Cameron. The by a landslide. Most hype announcement of this entire show is, of course, Elden Ring. Uh, I believe this game is hype enough that it's probably on both our lists, if I'm correct. It, 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 right? it it's it's is on correct. both on lists list, too. So it we're is both going to talk about I'm it. I'm going to let you talk All about so, it, but
0: I'll let you get the first word in. How about that?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So Elden Ring is the brand new IP from 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 Software. There you go. That's fun to say. Uh, they finally showed us a trailer. Um, seems to kind of showcase the world the art style it's definitely going um, down that uh, dark souls path versus the, you know, the more, um, you know, like bloodborne was that like Gothic horror and Sekiro was that very like Eastern inspired approach. Whereas this seems to be much more, Hey, medieval knights, dragons, fantasy, you know, high fantasy, uh, yeah. dark, dark, high fantasy. I don't know, but it's uh, Cameron, th- this game, it's, it, it was the most hype before. It is now. It, this this trailer has sent it to transcendence of hype. We got if you're watching the video uh, and you saw it. We got the pot monsters. Um, not marijuana, like pots, like like <laughs> link breaking pots, pots. But now the pots break you
0: instead. So it's. Didn't you have it's um... good. Like, didn't we have... uh, You ride a horse? I don't know if that was a big... If you could do that in Dark Souls, but now you can ride a horse and apparently... So,
1: yes, horse, yeah. uh, Mounted... It seems like there's even mounted combat also. So, that's a big deal. Um, And you could maybe kind of see that coming. There was one enemy in uh, Sekiro that rode a horse, and it was like a boss enemy. And so, like, you could kind of see the... That might have been them, like, testing out the waters to see how it is. But... This one I'm very excited for. Uh, things like co-op and PvP are kind of back. Those were something that were left out of Sekiro, um, and yeah. honestly, that's what adds a lot of shelf life to these, uh, to from you know from software games. But man, like this game just looks amazing. Uh, I believe that that you are now called the Tarnished.
0: So yeah, you are the, cool. tarnished. So, so, you are the Tarnished. Yeah. You are the
1: Tarnished. So it's like I'm really excited to see them making a new IP using what they've learned pretty much since the Xbox 360 days. Like, if you remember, Dark Souls was a 360 game, Mm -hmm. and they kind of iterated on that. You know, Dark Souls 3 changed the formula up. Bloodborne and and Sekiro, obviously, great games on their own right. But, like, now they're kind of going back to that fantasy formula. Um, Doesn't look like there's shields in this game either, so they're probably sticking with that more action-based combat. But I cannot wait this game is going to be uh a definite game of the year contender and crazy enough they actually gave a date for this yes they did and it's not that far out like i would expect this game since it's only the second time we're seeing it i would have expected to see it like two or three years out but no they announced the date of i believe it was january you probably Uh, got january
0: 21st 2022 is the release date for this game so early next year uh, just in time to get people enough time to play it for a game of the year uh, Exactly three months after I get married. So, <laughs> that's it. There you go. That's Bandai Namco's wedding present to you. Exactly. Um, no, I think a lot of people were hoping and wanting to see something. I think they they showed... Oh, thank you, Mugskiller, for the follow. Welcome. Um, Welcome. I think a lot of people were... It, wanting to see more, you know, it's been two years. We saw, I think the reveal of this was at the game awards, 2019 if memory serves, right. Um, yep. and people Wait, were no, no, just, no. this was at Xbox. This was at the Xbox E3 event when it was revealed. I thought it was, I yep. thought Keely had it at the game awards. Oh, too. you may be right. It may have been like a, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, you're cause right. that's how basically that, that's why everybody was excited about summer game fest. Cause they expected that Keely would have like the deets. On Elden Ring, which of course he did, he saved it to the end. But no, I, I don't. If you've listened to the show long enough, you you know that like Seth knows my history with these Soulsborne games, and I think the more I get to play them, you know, since he like, hey, hey, Cameron, play Bloodborne. Everybody's doing it, um, and then you're like, okay, I'll try it out here. And then playing Bloodborne a little bit to now, you know, jumping into Sekiro, which I love that game, and then getting I have Dark Souls on for PlayStation Five. And um, going through that, and that has been a whole lot of fun. And now, like, I remember I remember years ago, Seth, where it's like, Soulsborne games, just like, I just don't get it. I'm like, okay, sure. And now I watch the Elden Ring trailer and I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. really excited to um, get a chance to play Elden Ring. Um, like you said, that's on my list, too. I, I think both of us, it, It's it's something that's very, very exciting to see And just, I feel like we got a lot more, which is one of those things you want to see in E3. I think we got a lot more than we expected. I think a lot of people expected, like, oh, maybe we'll get, like, you know, an in-game trailer and this will come out late next year or 2023. Something to that effect. But, no, it's gameplay trailer, actual in-game. Here's a release date. It's early next year. Bam, boom, bam. Everything you'd want from an E3 reveal. Elden Ring nailed it. Uh, I think... I honestly think this was the big game this year. If you know, if I, unless you could disagree, Seth, I would give Elden Ring the Rocket Punch game of the show. Uh, Yeah, Rocket Punch E3 game of the show. I I mean,
1: Elden Ring won uh, most anticipated game at Game Awards last year. I do think that From Software Games have a very strong core audience, but they have been growing Mm -hmm. their audience ever Mm -hmm. so uh or not even ever so slightly like every single year it seems to grow and grow Sekiro was game of the year a winner the year yep. it came out um it's just from is is they are just delivering every time they release a game it is just an absolute banger and this really feels like the culmination of everything they've been working toward right Dark Souls has been this cloud for them where like people you know want the Dark Souls style game they, you know, collaborated with George R.R. R. Martin on the story, so there's like this cool fantasy element. And yep. we, coming from him, we know it's not just going to be, you know, the Knights of Light will defeat the Dark Knights of Darkness. You know, it's like it's going to be something <laughs> unique and cool. And although it is kind of like just another Dark Souls, because it's like, oh, you're the, uh, the, well, crap. What was the, what was it? What were they called again? What's the new, the new thing? The tarnished the tarnish that's it so it's like oh you're not ashen you're the tarnish now but it's i i can't wait man i can't wait this is going to be a strong game of the year contender for next year uh it is also going to probably be a game that if i don't know if they've talked much about like cross console like i don't know if it's going to be a ps4 game and ps5 game but if this is a next gen only game this is a game that will drive, I would say, probably drive more console sales than anything else, if it's next-gen only. Like,
0: I I think it's coming to previous-gen consoles. Okay. So um, in that case, it's probably not a thing. Let me double-check. Yeah, it's coming to previous-gen.
1: Okay, okay. So, so. I, if it was exclusive to next-gen, this would definitely be... You would see the 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 graph is already pretty much a, a cliff,
0: but you would see it cool. go... Again, Wait. because of cr- the COVID 19 and the tech shortages, I really think, you know, and I think especially from some of the stuff we've seen in the last couple of weeks, I don't expect to see like pure exclusives in mass until probably 2023 once stock stabilizes and people are ab- actually able to get these new consoles like <laughs> without having to smash F5 on their keyboard every waking moment of their day. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I,
1: I have so I have some like spicy takes on that. I think that there are more gamers than ever before, because people are like, oh, you can't get the consoles, you can't get the consoles. The consoles are selling faster than the PS4 version, like the, the beginning of last generation. So like people are getting consoles. There's just more people wanting consoles. So like yeah. the supply is not really different than it was back then. It's just demand is so much higher because gaming has basically tripled since. 2013 so yeah anyways i digress that's we're getting into data this isn't about data this is about games and the game that i wanted the most data on cameron was the i would probably say one of the biggest blunders of last year's e3 time frame uh definitely needed to show up uh strong for xbox and that is halo infinite um finally came oh, back okay
0: okay
1: finally came back uh We got to see some multiplayer, finally. We got to see some more campaign information. And uh, Cameron, I'm going to actually bounce this over to you first, because I have hashtag thoughts. Okay. But I want to hear kind of what your perspective is from a, um, you know, like, just kind of what you know of Halo Infinite, where Halo is right now. Like, where's your... Where's your barometer on this? How are you feeling about Halo right now
0: after seeing this footage? Exc- I'm excited for Halo Infinite. Um, I'm, we're showing the multiplayer trailer right now. Um, it looks like classic, fun multiplayer. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Again, if you listen to the show in any extended amount of time, you understand also that I'm a big campaign person. And I'm more likely to play the campaign than the multiplayer in mass. So the um, campaign, of course, looked great to me. Um, I wasn't... I did not have any large expectations for the game. I knew and expected them to show this game off. It had been a literal, like, basically a year since they even talked about this game uh, from yeah. the last Xbox showcase last summer, and they basically had been radio silent. And uh, the game, the game looks great. It looks fun. It looks like it looks like classic Halo. We had a lot of people that, um, at least the general. Thermometry that I'm getting off the internet is that people were really excited about what they saw and they liked the multiplayer stuff. Cause even then we hadn't seen any multiplayer for halo, even from yeah. the Xbox showcase last year. And so to see it playing out like this is halo, this is fun. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I'm, I, I have no expectations for this. I just know that I'm a big halo fan. It's one of those properties that I love for Microsoft and love from 343. And then, you know, Bungie when they were doing it back in the day, and so I'm just really excited to um, get a chance to play the game. Um, I don't, I think, uh, I feel when we talked about this last year, it was, you know, the big thing like, oh, we've got, you know, oh, they've got a lot of pressure on them to make this a big thing. You know, oh my God, it's, it's got a hit right out of the gate here. Um, and I, now kind of, After this E3, I don't necessarily feel that as much anymore for a lot of reasons. One of the main ones, of course, is because of the acquisitions that Microsoft has done, kind of diversifying that portfolio so they can kind of, in a weird way, take that pressure off Halo, but, um, and, and, you know, let it do what it wants to do. But I think the fact that the multiplayer now is kind of, they've kind of pulled it off from the main campaign, the fact that it's free to play and you don't have to buy. Halo Infinite, quote unquote. In order to play the campaign, I think it's going to be a really huge boon. I think this game is going. I think it's one of my predictions from this earlier this year. This is going to be one, like one of the best-selling games of the year. Um, I don't know how I have to figure out how Game Pass works into that, but uh, the, the fact the fact of the matter is is that I think that I felt like there wasn't a lot as much pressure on Halo Infinite as there was last year, and I think people are really excited for Halo Infinite. And I think they're just, everybody's just kind of like mellowing out their expectations and they're waiting for it to release later this year, which I think the date for this is 11, Ooh, do we have a date for no, this? No, they, they did not give a date. So that was one of the things that
1: stood out about this is that there is no exact date. Okay. I have a pretty good theory as to why that might be the case, Ooh,
0: yeah. but
1: um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I'm so, done. done. Yeah. I'm done. It, okay, w- okay. Whatever thoughts you have on it. So I've got thoughts. I've got good thoughts. I've got not-so-good thoughts. So okay. the thing that stood out most to me, I think, is that I agree with what you were saying and that like they really went all-in on multiplayer. They showed what multiplayer looked like, and I think they did a really great job of showing people how exciting this multiplayer is going to be. I think they're finally going to hit their stride on that balance between like... Uh, should it have sprint? Should it not have sprint? Should it have powers? Should it not have powers? And I think that they finally 343 has finally kind of figured out like what people are looking for from Halo multiplayer. And mm-hmm. I think they're building it into this. Uh, the trajectory I see Halo Infinite following is very similar to what um what happened with Modern Warfare and Warzone. Uh, so if you remember, Warzone launched alongside Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? Yep. It may not have been like day and date, but like it was. Kind of shortly after Modern Warfare, shortly before it, I don't remember. But then people loved Modern Warfare, great Call of Duty game, but it's going to suffer from the same thing that all Call of Duty suffer from is next year when the next one comes out, it's going to kind of fall off. But everything changed because Warzone was here, right? It was the second lane that they had open for Call of Duty fans to stay in all year round, right? And and I'm not using Warzone because I'm like, they're going to make a battle royale. No, not happening. But... What it does is it allows people to have a free way to be engaged with that. One of the biggest shooters in the industry, right? So Mm -hmm. Halo having a free-to-play multiplayer component, that is, that is going to be Halo. That is Halo. Like that free-to-play multiplayer, that is Halo. Halo Infinite, the campaign, is going to be that, you know, that release of uh, story content that drives Master Chief's story forward, and it's going to be something that people jump in and they play for maybe a couple weeks, and then you know it's going to fall out of, of discussion, right? But multiplayer will stay in the discussion. Esports will most likely pop up around it. It will be something where you find out about seasons, and each season they're going to have a different game. You know, it's that that's going to be what Halo yeah. is, and I think that's a really strong case because if you look at what Warzone did for Call of Duty, uh. Cameron, have you heard about a Call of Duty announcement coming up? They usually announced it before E3, right? They haven't this year because they know that, A, they know that most people are actually just excited about Warzone. So a Warzone announcement is more important to Call of Duty than like the new Call of Duty game is. And that's maybe a controversial opinion, but that's the case. But also, if you're going to announce a new Call of Duty video game, why not do it to Warzone, which is literally your entire audience captivated, right? Where you get everybody on. Event. So everybody's there and so I see especially with this idea of like Halo Infinite being like an evolving story, like yeah. I could easily see there being some kind of event that happens in Halo Infinite multiplayer, like the sky turns red and there's like the pillar of autumn or whatever is like here and there's like some time space shit or whatever and then like the next story expansion is there's a wormhole that's opened up and like Pillar of Autumn is back. Hail, you know, and like they could do that. Right. That's that's possible. But all of this to say, when they did switch over to the campaign stuff, I was shocked that they didn't actually show what the game looked like. They showed oh. a story trailer. They showed a cinematic that showed Master Chief doing some Master Chief things. Right. Like he yeah. was moving through. Through space, being respectful to the dead bodies of the Marines, but they didn't actually show any combat like gameplay on the ring. They didn't show anything that was criticized from last year, right? So that kind of stood out to me as like, oh, okay, so we're yeah, we're just not going to show that. That makes sense. Um, and then that coupled with the lack of a date, I feel like the single player is going to be one of those things that comes together.
0: You think you think there, you think do you think oh man I'm repeating myself do you think that it's going to be something along the lines of like the multiplayer comes out in the fall and maybe the campaign part gets delayed is that what you're no 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 okay. I'm
1: saying that the multiplayer comes out and people love it and the campaign comes out and it might be good <laughs> it's oh wow I think the multiplayer is going to be really good and very polished I don't know oh I like at this point I don't after the fact that they didn't show it at all i if they if they don't show anything else between now and the game's release then i'm like man that may not be great uh, however i do think there's two things i think cameron so one i think that when you look at this holiday you've got battlefield you've got a, there's going to be a new call of duty yeah and obviously you've got halo you've got halo coming in right mm mm-hmm. Uh, and that's on top of the overly crowded market with Warzone, Apex. There's still, like, FPSs are very crowded right now. And so another component to this lack of a date, I think, is uh, Microsoft is, is... This is not a shot. This is the truth. They're playing the Sony handbook of, like, let's let them go first. Let's let Call of Duty give a date. Let's let Battlefield give a date. Their dates will probably be a, a week from each other, so we're going to pick a week. Away from those to put our thing out. Because what you don't want to do is announce that you, Halo is coming out November 10th, right? And then Call of Duty is coming out November 12th. Because then you're dead in the water. Yeah. So I think that that the days of, like, announcing your game, especially for a game like this that's very high profile and it has to succeed, they're going to go last. Because there's no disadvantage to going last on date announcements. You've People are already hyped for it. They're ready for it wait to see what your competitors are going to do, and then put yours out, you know, with some breathing room, right? Like, you can't yeah. give too much breathing yeah. room. But, like, um, the way Game Pass works is you really, you could put it out in December, and it's going to do fine for the holidays. Because, again, the the goal isn't necessarily to sell the boxes. The goal is to get subscribers to Game Pass, right? So that kind of leads me into one other thing, and I won't talk too long on this, but... um man, who's going to spend $60 on just the campaign? I'm really, I think this is more of like a proof of like, okay, Cameron will, I will admit Cameron will. It's, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, it's, it's getting to the point now where I, it, I, I just don't know how much longer it's going to be viable to keep putting things in boxes and selling them for 60, 70 bucks. Like, it, Sony will do it forever because they, that's what they do. They've cornered that market. But with the fact that like multiplayer is free to play, I just I really don't know. Like and that kind of goes hand in hand with like I'm not sure about campaign yet. Like I'm so excited to play campaign. But man, they didn't show it. Well that doesn't you know,
0: we don't we don't have a date, so we don't know what the cost is gonna be. I know there've been examples yeah. in the past of uh them selling the camp like I think Call of Duty even like breaking apart the campaign for like 30 or $40 even for the campaign, yeah. or you just get 60 and get the whole experience. But that is a different test case in and of itself because that it was before Warzone. But yeah. that being said, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to say, you know, oh, Halo Infinite is 30 or $40 physically in the store. And then, you know, when people ask about multiplayer, they just say, oh, it's free to play. Just go online and boom, there it is. Um, yeah. go, go on your I, Xbox, so. I do believe
1: that, like, you're really going to see what Game Pass is going to do. Like, you're going to see Game Pass's strengths when Halo Infinite comes out. Because, yes, you're going to get the campaign. The subscribers are also going to get whatever this mystery mode is. A lot of people are saying Warzone 2.0. Not to be confused with Call of Duty Warzone. (laughs) But... Yeah, some kind of like real big team battle, something that, you know, ties in that's part of the paid experience, right? That's not yeah. on that free-to-play multiplayer train, and then the multiplayer stuff. But with things like Game Pass perks, I could easily see them. Cameron, I want you to know, here's how you get Game Pass subscribers for your Call of Duty, or for your uh, Halo multiplayer. Uh, Mjolnir 7 armor, Master Chief's armor is available as a Game Pass perk for the month it comes out only. You get on there if you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you know you get those perks like the Disney Plus things like that. But you give that out as like a, a skin code, only available through Game Pass Ultimate, and people would people would go for that. Like if you could get the actual Master Chief armor, as a cosmetic, of course. People through Game Pass Ultimate perks like that is that is going to engage more people in Game Pass perks than I think any other, like Game Pass perk would have. Right? So up till now they've been kind of eh. But we've talked enough about Halo Infinite. Uh, my last and final thought is I do think they're going to have a bigger Halo Infinite themed blog post slash live stream slash something later this year in like Ju- July to August time frame. And that's where you're going to get dates. That's where you're going to get um, maybe dive into some modes. They're going to talk about whatever this Warzone 2.0, whatever that mode is, that mystery third mode is. Yeah, Um, I, I, I would think agree. that's going to come later. And so that's when I feel like we can really dive in and talk about like Halo Infinite and like what we really think. But right now, what they've shown looks great. Multiplayer, can't wait to get my hands on it. And the fact that it's free. Okay. It's going to do great. Oh,
0: okay. I'm talking about some of the other games. I know yeah. we, we we'll overlap on some of these. Let's jump in here. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about the next couple. So you take a breather. Okay. Um, okay. The next game I want to talk about was, I think this was announced a while back as well. And I I guess it missed my radar because I completely forgot about this or didn't know about it. But, um, this little game called Somerville, um, it is, uh, giving a few details here, Somerville, uh, in the wake of catastrophe, catastrophe, you must find the means to make your family whole again. Somerville is a sci-fi adventure grounded in the intimate repercussions of large scale conflict. Um, this game looks really good. I you know, I think we both agreed got a lot of um, oh, what's the game? inside vibes from it, yeah. but it looked like more of a like, you know, you're you're the dad in this family and you're kind of exploring this world that is being taken over by alien invasions. And you're trying to get the rest of your family. You've got your trusty puppo, and then you get your, your wife and then you get your little child who like the, the child looks like a, an infant, like maybe in in that screen, like the way he's walking, like maybe a year or two old. And like, I'm curious how the dynamics in the game is going to play on that. Um, and, and what's funny, I'm actually looking on um, their their Wikipedia page. Uh, it's I'm mean, coming by the indie studio Jump Ship who's creating this yep. game. Uh, the, the studio's co-founder, Dino Patty, previously co-founded Playdead and worked on Limbo and Inside. So, hmm. Yeah. Some connections there, but... Some remember a couple years back that uh, basically the co-founders
1: of Playdead like broke up because of some conflict. Oh, that is right. This is where the, basically this you co-creator right. made their own studio. So that's why you got the, that's why it smells like it, right? It looks like it, so. That is a good call. I did not think about that
0: one. But no, I'm I'm super excited for Somerville. I know, Seth, that's on your list as well is one thing to yep. um, check and look out for. Like, Somerville looks great. Been. It's going to be coming. Yeah. I will, I'm will. i going to let you keep track of which games we talk about that are coming to Game Pass because I, did, I didn't track them all. It's basically everything in that list. Well, there, here's
1: a simple formula for you, Cameron. Was it in the Xbox show? If yes, was it Far Cry, Battlefield, or Diablo? If it was not one of those three games and it was in the Xbox
0: show, it's coming I'm to game, game, game Pass. Pass. <laughs> there you go. That's the formula. Um, but Somerville, check. I'm very excited yep. for that. The next game.
1: Oh, boy. Dude, I was out of my chair. Out of my chair with <laughs> this slide. That slide right there. Gosh, ah! right here. The 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 lucky the lucky wink. I can't remember what her power is called. It, what is yeah, it? Lucky I, Star or something? Something like lucky that. God, something. God, it's been yeah.
0: so long. The yeah. Ar- Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp is coming to Nintendo Switch. So excited for this. I think actually Will and I did like some video series on the original Advance Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This game, so much fun. Put so many hours into the game. And now, basically, this is a complete re- or remaster. or I guess it's remake. It's 3D. Mm-hmm. So, I would say remake yeah. of the um, Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2. Um, coming to Nintendo Switch in one nice little package here. Um, if Look, this is... Look, I... I, I, I implore people. I have a plea. I need everyone, even if you're not going to play the game, I need you to buy the game. Because if enough people buy this game, maybe it will show Nintendo that they need to make a new entry into the series. Because I would very much like that. Thank you very much. Like, yes. Advance, it's yes. coming up December 2nd. It's, oh my god, all the tactical RPG gameplay uh, it, going through with your tanks and your equipment, it's so much fun. Um, boost of nostalgia when I saw that come across mm-hmm. the screen on the Nintendo Direct. There, I'm very excited to um, get a chance to play and goof off and Advance Wars once again. Uh, any thought? Any other yeah. thoughts? So, I
1: what I have two things. One, the fact that this is the first two games makes me very excited because I see a future where, like, if this does well enough. That they could go back and make, like, Advance Wars 3 and kind of, like, continue the Orange Star, you know, like, continue that approach. Because Advance Wars went in a very, like, uh, more, like, war story, very anime art style. So it went in a different direction. Um, Not to say all those games were bad, but, but some of them were not great. So I... These first two games are classics. The stories are great. The combat is solid. I hope that, you know, I hope it includes all the, like the custom map building, the fact that you can play online. There was so much in advanced Wars one and two. It's wild. The amount of like replayable content. But on top of that, this is done by uh way forward who are the creators of Shantae. So oh, that's, okay. yes, that's who's who Nintendo has partnered with on this. So, you get this, um, if you've ever played a Shantae game, you know what I'm talking about. But the action, way, like the action poses, right? Like Shantae games have this, like nothing is still. Even though it's like a flat image, everything's moving and it feels so lifelike and cartoonish and fun. I think it's really going to help this game stand out as that original art style is kind of childish but it's also really
0: really good it's just such a i like i love the updates to the art style there and kind of the 3d looking aspect to it it was really nice it's gonna be good so
1: those first four cameron we are aligned on yes because we're on the same wavelength (laughs) that a lot of (laughs) us
0: but Uh, but i think at this point our our list diverges right I think we have there are there are maybe one or two more kind of similar beats but for the most part okay. yeah, most definitely like this is where we start breaking off and we start having our own thoughts yeah. on different games here so we're let's bounce back and forth Seth I'm gonna hand mm-hmm. the baton back to you hit us with back to me the, um, your, your next two we'll do two at a time
1: okay two at a time all right so my next op, my next entry and list of games I'm excited for from e3. This was another one. I was out of my chair. As soon as they showed it, I was cheering. It's back, baby. It's back. And that is Metroid Dread. This is the first 2D Metroid we have gotten since Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. It was, I think it is just such a cool surprise. Like, I really, when I saw Metroid was coming up, I was like, all right, here we go. Prime 4. This is it. And then to see that, like, nope, they're not even talking about Prime. They, you know, they said, hey, it's still in development and it's working. But we are focused on this game. 2D Metroid uh, really seems to be uh, a very, like, cat and mouse kind of vibe to it. One of those games. Kind of like Resident Evil 2 and um, Parts of 8 did, where it's like you're being hunted by an invincible enemy, right? Like a Mr. X kind of thing. So, um, the gameplay looks phenomenal it's i just can't wait like i watched a little bit of this in treehouse but immediately like within about two minutes turned it off because oh really i just playing a metroid 2d game is just such a like magical experience like if you've played you know and what's weird is this is a continuation of the story so it's like you have the first metroid then you have metroid 2 which uh they ported a game Boy, or 3ds sorry uh, then, of course, like Super Metroid is Metroid 3. Um, I believe uh, Fusion is Metroid 4. And then this is basically Metroid
0: 5. And they said this
1: is the last entry into the series in, in, that the, pertains in the Metroid. To the Metroids. Yeah,
0: in the Metroid saga.
1: So apparently the Metroid games aren't going to be about Metroids after this. So I don't know, man. It's... I'm just going to wait and see. However, this was a really nice surprise. I i am really excited to see nintendo like breathing fresh life into this not just trying to make like another super metroid they really like went in a unique direction for this and i cannot wait to play this it is metroid dread and coming out this year surprisingly
0: enough i think um october
1: October. yeah it was like october 8th Uh, it's like pretty early yeah correct me on that because if it's before the 21st i might be playing this at my Um, wedding october 8th yep so i listen come to my wedding I'm going to be sitting there, head of the aisle, I'm going to be like, hold on, i gotta got to beat this boss real quick. And
0: then <laughs> put it away. No, I'm not actually going to do that. But uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be good. I, so. it, yeah, that's going to be real. I'm inter- interested to see how that is. I don't have that. I didn't, you know, I've just started on my Super NES Classic playing through Super Metroid, so I don't have that nostalgia that a lot of people have. But it was cool to see something in the Metroid franchise and something that wasn't necessarily Metroid Prime 4. So... Very excited yep. to see how that goes. Yep. And the next one I'm excited for was actually
1: the finale at um, Xbox's event. Uh, it really, you know, honestly, as good as this game looks, it was almost as good to just watch Elder Scrolls fans lose their mind that this wasn't Elder Scrolls 6. Because the name of this game is Redfall. Redfall. <laughs> And if you know Elder Scrolls, Redfall is the name of a zone in Elder Scrolls. Oh, I did so not know like, that. I did not know that. Okay. Like really losing their mind here, but this is the new game from Arcane Austin. Uh, this was a cinematic trailer that was shown at uh, the end of Xbox's press press event. And if if you've listened to the show any amount of time, you know I'm a huge Arcane fan. I pl- finally played Prey last year, and it's good, honestly. If I had played Prey when it came out, it probably would have been in my game of the year discussion for like Oh wow. Okay. Bro. It was such a great game and this is that team's next project. Um, it really had like I really don't know what this game's going to be. Like it, I'm
0: very curious about that as well.
1: Is it it, it like they really it really <laughs> has this co-op vibe to it where you know you got four different characters? And so I'm wondering, is this going to be like a co-op first-person
0: thing? But regardless, well they, they, what they've they talked showed, about they've talked about saying that you could play it alone, you know, single-player or with friends, which we've heard and seen that before. So I don't know. I'm yeah. very curious as well. Oh, we'll see. But it's uh, pretty much the gist is you seem
1: to be in this town called Redfall. Uh, it is being taken over by vampires and a cult that. Like a military cult, which is a new thing for me. I never thought about how. Yeah, if there was a modern cult, they'd basically just be like, you know, like they'd be armed militiamen, right? So, um, it seems like a really cool idea. I like the personality of the characters. I get kind of a Left for Dead vibe, where each I was going to say I got the same vibe. Yeah, where it's like we got the blogger, you know, and then we've got the like. Uh, honestly I don't know their names yet I'll need to learn their names but the girl that has uh the black girl that has like the really frizzy hair and like arcane bullets in her gun looks like the absolute coolest because she also summons like arcane elevators that like launch people you can see it you can see it here if you're watching the video but she looks super rad uh also her her hair is fire emoji so like (laughs) she's definitely gonna be my main um I do like the girl with the sun, the sun cannon. That's pretty cool. But dude, uh, come on. Like arcane bullets, arcane elevators. Like that's my jam. So uh, super excited for Redfall, though. I don't know what it is. This is this is me channeling pure hype energy. I don't know if this game is going to be good or not, but the pedigree is there. The team is great. And uh, boy, let me tell you what, Cameron, if uh, can you imagine if. That Bethesda acquisition was before Deathloop, and both Deathloop and that game were <laughs> Xbox oh, exclusives. Oh, man. It would have been... If both the Arcane games could have been Xbox exclusives, it would have been a real win for Xbox, I think, especially a short-term win with Deathloop coming this year. But Redfall, I definitely get a vibe that that's going to be a next year game. If, if if even then, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Okay,
1: Those are my two. Hit me with
0: yours. Um, Next one on my list here, I was... I saw this and I'm like, what the hell is this? It's clearly, I thought this was going to be another expansion, um, but it's not, and it got me somewhat excited for it. And I don't necessarily jump into Borderlands a whole lot, but um, the next, this is not an expansion. It is a full-on game, and I love the name. It is not Borderlands, it is Wonderlands. They've basically taken the Tiny Tina um, Escape from Dragon Keep expansion, and just basically made it the whole game. And I'm very, very down for that. We are both D&D, Dungeons & Dragons style fans, Seth. And so to have basically Borderlands with a Dungeons & Dragons style overlay with guns, yep. like, I'm in. I'm, I'm totally in. I want to see what this is about and how this is going to act. This is in the same vein as Redfall. Really nothing shown. Just kind of a cinematic trailer to tease the game up. But a, a lot of star power. Wanda Sykes, Will yeah. Arnett, Andy Sandberg, Ashley Birch is in here. She's reprising her role as Tiny, Tiny Tina. Um, the Butt Stallion is here. I don't the know. Butt Stallion's <laughs> back, baby. Um, so I'm really, really excited to see w- more about this game. and you know, Even if it's, which I'm expecting it to be, Wonder it's basically Borderlands in the D universe. Like whatever the yep. the expansion was, basically it's a full on game. You're probably expanding it and flushing it out a whole lot more, uh, which will be awesome. But still, I'm very excited to see more about this game. Get more information, more details, anything yep. um, on there. Uh, early 2022 is the date that you guys all saw uh, yep. on the release date. So
1: yes, I uh, have a couple of thoughts. This one almost made my list of top ten. Um, okay. I don't quite know enough about it yet. Uh, I am excited to see kind of what it looks like. Um, I do agree. To this day, the best DLC ever for Borderlands was Tiny Tina's uh, Assault on Dragon Keep, I believe is what it was called. Yes. Um, Where they play bunkers and badasses, and, like, you open the loot chest, and it rolls a d20. Like, it was just... It was good. It was really, really good, and I think that while Gearbox's humor is very hit-or-miss... When you wrap it around Dungeons and Dragons and you really honestly wrap it around, which what I think at this point is one of the funnier characters, like Tiny Tina is a great character. I know my fiance does not like her, she's a little (laughs) annoying, but I think she's very funny and I love this idea of this like manic pixie, pixie girl, like being the dungeon master of this real world, right? It's just going to be really fun to see. And, yeah, this is another game that really surprises me. When you think about the tale that we had on Borderlands 3, like, remember the gap between 2 and 3? Huge oh, yeah. gap. And I still don't think the 3 really has gotten to where it was supposed to have gotten because that game was supposed to have crossplay pretty soon. Like, they announced it oh, wow. the year You're it came right. out, right?
0: We still don't and have I, that yet. Okay. Like, I
1: get that, like, Sony is not vibing with that, but I, I'm strongly in the camp of, like, just cut, you know, cut that audience out, like, let the market decide if it's really that important, then people will, you know, it's like if Sony sees that people are not buying games, it'll resolve itself. But that's not for us to talk about now. So I'm hoping this game launches with cross-play, heck, even cross-progression. I'd buy it in two places. I'd buy it on PC and Xbox to play with two friend groups on there. But um, yeah, fantasy. You can't go wrong. It's great. Love it.
0: Burp from the water Um, there.
1: Butt Stallion will die after you do. They'll keep bringing it back. Don't know why. It was a funny joke. It was like a funny gag, but then it became a thing that they just keep resurrecting. And I'm like, all right, comedy never die. necromancy at at
0: work. it right works. There. So. This next one, I, walk, I want to walk everybody through like my thought process here. So I'm I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, okay, this is you know. Interesting, like, you know, whatever. What What is this? I'm like, man, that art style looks familiar. And then I'm like, wait, this is this looks like a, a, a tactical RPG. Yes, I'm in. And then I'm like, but like, where have I seen this before? Then finally by the, like near the end, I'm like, wait, is this Metal Slug? And then boom, Metal Slug Tactics, um, the next game that I am really excited for as a person who has never played ever a Metal Slug game. But if you put anything in the tactical RPG, I'm like 95% down to play it. Um, this game looks awesome. I am super excited. And you know, I got Advance Wars and I get this. And, and, and basically an entire, you know, it's a new entry in the Metal Slug series, but it is not the traditional 2D side scroller that we've known and loved for years and years. It is a full-on Tactical RPG. I'm assuming those are people that you know and like favorite, you know, fan favorite characters from the yeah, Metal they're Slug man, series? Metal Slug characters, yeah. Okay, yeah. See, I, that shows you how little I know about Metal Slug. Yeah, yeah. But I promise you, when this game comes out, I will learn a lot more about Metal Slug because I'm in for this game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for tactical RPGs. I especially love this part in the trailer here where, like, you could destroy environments and it would cause mm-hmm. damage and basically you kind of like work. Combos if you can get enemies like under bridges and stuff, and then take out the bridge, you can kind of take out multiple enemies at the same time. Um, really excited, very excited to get a chance to play this on. Um, I think it's on Nintendo Switch. Uh, coming out, oh boy, I have to look that up. Actually, I, mean, ooh, I don't think they on. have a date yet. Dude, oh,
1: I I thought they had a date. Oh, they might have a date. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, whenever really, it comes when out, it was- I'm ready. I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah. It it was really funny cuz I was watching this and I was like, is this a Metal Slug tactic game? And I said that like 30 <laughs> seconds before they showed the name Metal Slug Tactics, which yeah, great name for it. That's exactly what it is and and I and I agree, you look at Advance Wars as more of that traditional grid-based like top-down grid strategy and then this is like that Final Fantasy Tactics kind of isometric 3D grid uh with you know because like advanced wars doesn't have like verticality or anything like that this yeah. game does and given that the name the characters are named they're probably going to be more like you said rpg mechanics where you're you're getting abilities using hero powers versus advanced wars which is like i have a tank it's big and shoots people oh that tank is dead build another like it's it's two different games and man like you you look at those games it's just really going to be a great there's just a great time for a lot of genres right now pve yep. co-op shooters are having a, a renaissance tactics games I, honestly i would say since end of the breach tactics games have been having a renaissance but this continues that so i'm excited
0: that's a good one i'm excited one. as well um, before we get to more games here guys talk about you want to take a quick break to let you know how you guys can support the show, of course, guys. If you want to help out, there are a lot of free ways to do that. You can um, review us on your audio service of choice. You can also follow us on social media. I am at Rocket Punch Go. Seth over there is at Darth Turner over on Twitter. You can find us, catch us there, hang out, chat with us, goof off, have a great time there. Um, but there are ways you can go even further beyond help support the show. Uh, you could uh, consider subscribing to Twitch here. Right on Twitch, you can get access to a, a bunch of cool emotes and help support the show. Uh, you can also look at becoming a patron for only $1 a month. You can head over to patreon.com slash rocketpunch and get a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, access to our archive of episodes from way back in the past and all sorts of crazy ones there, um, as well as help support the show and help support the content. I'm making for you here at Rocket Punch there. Um, Especially want to give a shout out to some of our people supporting us over at Rocket Punch, over on Patreon. That is uh, Jossie M, Julian P, Stephen S, Adam C, and of course, all of our Patreon, all of our producers, our Twitch subs, Jesus, I can't read, all of our Twitch subs um, over um, supporting us on Twitch as well. We thank you guys so much for continuing to support rocket punch and what i'm doing here for you guys so thank you very much so definitely if you want to help support the show do you can do any of those things help check it out and uh help us keep the show and all the cool content i make going for you guys that's it see just that was an easy break we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're let's
1: jump back let's get back in here listen now that you have got the exclusive instructions on how to join the cool kids table mm-hmm. let's dive back into the games which Let's is go. the next game. So I think it's back to me, right? Two it is back to you. Me. It's right. back to you. Next one's up for me. Uh, two of the these next two games are pretty far out.
0: Figuratively
1: uh, <laughs> and literally. That was so, good. Uh, I like that. The that first good. one is, uh, to me, one of the most anticipated announcements that I have as a huge fan of Bethesda games. Uh, Starfield. We finally saw something about Starfield. Was it gameplay? Absolutely not. But we got um, some in-game footage built in Creation Engine 2 that shows off what we can kind of expect from a visual standpoint as far as Starfield is concerned, and also from a almost like a mindset or art direction standpoint. Yeah. Um, it is looking good, Cameron. It is looking real good. If you i bethesda's in a weird spot they are in a weird spot and they are kind of in a similar spot where halo is where like they haven't had a great couple of years and so people are i think the popular opinion is maybe a little down on them however i think that starfield is uh happy father's day to you rutu in chat thank you for uh thank you for sharing that um thank you yes uh so yeah basically we kind of got back on um almost like I I feel like they're really focusing in on hey this is going to be a big game it is going to be a beautiful game with lots of exploration right where we're fallout 76 that's been their focus you know for the past couple years yeah it has has been very it's about like yes the world is big but also you explore with your friends this they don't seem to be approaching that this is space you are isolated you are by yourself so I think they're really focusing in on hey this is going to
0: be a big open exploration game um And I think that's, from what I've heard in, like, interviews after the fact, that's what they've talked about this kind of being is more so, like, you are on the, we've all, this isn't going to be something where, like, oh, you know, like Mass Effect, where, like, oh, you've got all these aliens and people that you're talking to, and da-da-da-da. This is actually, like, you are at the frontier, the start of that frontier of, like, beginning to explore space and uh, discover what is out there good or bad for you and for the human race and so I'm really I'm excited to see that as well um I it's it, it, again if you've listened to the show you understand my my history we'll say with Bethesda softworks games specifically Skyrim and Fallout um that being said I'm I'm very excited I'm, I'm curious I'm excited and curious to see how Starfield is once we start getting into some gameplay and stuff like that later on. Um, yeah, yes. But it, apparently Seth, we, we already know when it's coming. Surprisingly yep. enough. 11, 11,
1: 22. They love eleven eleven, and that definitely lines up with, uh, Skyrim. I think they're really trying to align this with Skyrim as far as popular expectations, because Skyrim was literally a groundbreaking game in its time. Mm-hmm. and i I'm very optimistic I think putting the term creation engine 2 tells me that they have rewritten this thing they haven't just tacked on to their old creation engine and um, I think they have rewritten the engine um, and so I am very interested to see more about this I can guarantee you this will be a headliner at next year's e3 uh, particularly the Xbox event that happens next year so we will talk more about starfield next year but right now it is great to have a date. It is good to know that it is coming and it is no longer this figment of our imagination has <laughs> maybe coming one day. Now, the only thing that occupies that seat is Elder Scrolls VI. Uh, And I do believe that this is a wise move, despite the fact that the Elder Scrolls community is literally about to riot. I think that if you're doing a new engine,
0: it is better Look, to get your feet wet. Just let them go play Skyrim again on Alexa. Just go do that. Yep. like
1: Skyrim's back. I mean, ESO, as someone who has played a lot of ESO this year, that game is good. If you want Elder Scrolls, it's out there. ESO, they just launched a new expansion, so there's stuff to play. Is it Skyrim 2? No, it is not. But it is a good Elder Scrolls experience, so I digress. However, the next game on the list is without question the best trailer that I saw the entire time. Not because it showed any interesting gameplay, not because it showed anything cool about the characters, but because it showed exactly the opposite of that. It, in fact, commented on how stupid it is to have trailers about games that don't have anything more than a name. And that is, of course, The Outer Worlds 2. That's pretty Which good. Cameron, I... Oh, oh Rutu you, you we talked about Elden Ring so much at the top. So, Rutu and Chad asking for Elden Ring. Uh, you'll have to catch the VOD or the episode of the podcast... Um, to hear all that, however, Outer Worlds Two, I need to explain to you, Cameron, that oh my God. this is this was reassuring in two ways. Okay, one, it reassured me in the same way that Fable did last year. It reassured me that okay, I think they get it. I think they get what people want from this. I don't think they people don't want this to be like a uh, you know New Vegas gritty. Into the world apocalypse thing, right? Um, although this is the studio that made New Vegas. They want the quality of that game, but something a little bit lighter, right? And this trailer definitely came off as it's going to be a lot lighter. It's going to be a little bit goofier. It is going to be more about crazy shenanigans than it is about, like, disaster scenarios. Yeah. And it's really encouraging to me to see, um, to see Outer Worlds getting a sequel. This was one of those games where I was like, man, I could see them... Moving past it, like, the first one did really well, but it was also multi-platform, so now you're going to do this weird thing where it's like, oh, it was multi-platform, but now it's exclusive. But honestly, exclusive. I think that... Exclusive. I say exclusive. It's on every platform but PlayStation and Switch. And if history repeats itself, it'll probably end up on Switch at some point. But the... RUTU says in chat, the moon has a top hat. Game of the year contender right there. You're
0: good. Uh, <laughs> No, for,
1: seriously, though, the only... Um, the criticisms that I had about Outer Worlds 1 were all related to a game that was very obviously limited in scope and budget. They And the scope limitation was because of the budget limitation. They knew they had to make something that was that felt good and felt fun to play, but that was deliverable on the money they've made off... Uh, crap, what was the name of the, the strategy games they made? Pillars of Eternity.
0: There you right.
1: go. So they needed to make a game off the money from Pillars of Eternity... And I think they did a great job. This game has the potential to be one of the, like, landmark franchises that really drives the RPG narrative, like, pro-RPG narrative that Xbox is kind of building for itself forward. And honestly, Cameron, if this game does well and delivers on people's expectations, it frees Bethesda up to stop trying to make those games (laughs) because you can tell Bethesda has been trying to kind of move in different directions. They're maybe not a huge fan of the like branching mega branching narrative with all these different factions and whatnot that you kind of can tell that like Bethesda is more about like building really awesome worlds and then letting you explore and learn about the worlds. Whereas this game is very much like factions. It is, who are you going to side with and how are you going to spec your character to live in this world. So, we don't know anything about this game. If you've seen the trailer, you know that the whole joke in the trailer is that, like, we don't know anything about this game until... Unless... Except for the title, which is Outer Worlds 2. Uh, so much so that I can't tell if the trailer is a troll. And that actually
0: yeah. is
1: some of the things from the game. They were just trolling us about it. We
0: don't, I don't know. know. Well, I, I think cool the, the interesting, interesting thing, too, is I think having... Uh, the outer worlds too and kind of the the humor in that they inject into that I in it kind of like that same fallout style talk there I think that that gets me excited in a in a certain way towards starfield and the fact that maybe that allows Bethesda like you talked about Seth to kind of start walking and taking starfield in somewhat of a more serious and I don't mean that in a bad way but like in a more serious tone. Than some of the you know the tongue in cheek humor that the Outer Worlds Two brings yeah. there, and I, that, that's I'm really excited again to see how both of these games play because I'm guessing that the Outer Worlds Two is like twenty, it's it's far out, 23, 24 maybe when the um, we we see that game.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and so. and that's again I I we're not having a Game Pass discussion right now, but you can very clearly see that Xbox. Is preparing a slate of of interval releases, right? Because it's a subscription, right? It's not about selling things around Christmas time. It is about consistent quality delivery, right? And so yeah, I see this fitting into that early twenty twenty three time frame and I can't wait. I cannot wait to put my hands on this game. It's gonna be
0: it's gonna be a blast. Oh. Back to you. Back to me, okay. Next two games I've got on my list here. We've still got a oh, we've got a couple. This is exciting. We got a couple, um, yep. Next one is a really interesting one that I was excited before, and we got to see more of this game this year. Uh, this game is called Endless Dungeon. Uh, this is a roguelite tactical action game um, in the award-winning Endless universe. I have no idea what that is, but it's basically you recruit a team of heroes, uh, I think up to three people in your team, and you're exploring. Basically, it's one of those roguelikes where you go through this spaceship and you try and explore as far as you can. Um, and then if you die, you basically respawn back at your original, you know, your base and you start all over again, trying to get harvest materials and crystals to build better weapons and whatnot and go further within the dungeon. Uh, just the art style and tone and game almost looks like Diablo-esque uh, in space, kind of, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, looks very, very cool, but with, with definitely like a more team-based, you know, got to hold down some points here and there, uh, navigate in certain areas, and that each of your um, people, your four characters, that you, I think it's more than four. You have a, a pool of characters, almost like Overwatch t- style, and you put, you put your three together in order to go through and uh, see how far you can go in these dungeons. Definitely will test your limits with you, the people you're playing with on how far you guys can get in and push through that um but it's, it's very exciting it looks very very cool i'm very interested to actually see how this game is going to be um yep there oh that's all i've got to say about endless dungeon the next game on my list make sure i'm checking my list oh yeah so this game just we Seth, I think we're all just suckers of for very what, games that have like this very evocative art style that we don't get to see very much of, um, and this is this is that game I think for me this year, uh, Planet of Lana uh, from Thunderful and Wishfully here. Uh, reading up here on this game it's a hand-painted puzzle adventure game framed by an epic sci-fi saga that stretches across centuries and galaxies like it, it, if you are not watching the video i need you to go watch the video this game looks so good like yeah. the hand-painted art style and i'd really like i'm sitting here and watching it in full res like just it looks so awesome. Uh Ruto in chat says definitely Ghibli inspired. It has that look and feel to it um, for sure. Um, you basically, uh, a young girl and her loyal friend embark on a rescue mission through a colorful world full of cold machines and unfamiliar creatures. You can kind of see here um, on the footage. But like from the first time in the Xbox showcase when they showed this trailer off, and started showing the gameplay. I think this really caught a lot of people's attention. Um, this could be the ne- like, as far as art styles concerned, the next. Um, oh, what is the game that's on Xbox? That it's. Oh God, Seth, help me out here with a the kid? cute No, 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 cute little white uh, creature, animal thing. Oh, um,
1: uh, human fall flat.
0: Nope, it's not that. God, oh. um, uh, Ori. Uh, what are you talking about? Ori Oh
1: yeah, yes. Thank you RuTu. Yes, Ori.
0: Thank you. RuTu's got me. Ori. Yeah. Um it, I I feel like this is that next step there. I'm just oh god. Oh look, it's the Traveler. Ooh.
1: Destiny Ooh. prequel. No. Is is
0: is, is that is, is this is this how it it connects? It's part of the Destiny world? It links in, dude. It, no, it's not. It is. Not. Um but um, 2022 yeah. is when we're going to look at this game. I mean, it's I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for that game. It looks really great. It really, really does. Um, That's two for me. Seth, back to you. That's two for you. Yeah.
1: I think that um, my next two are my nine and ten. So, originally we went ten. I think because we had some duplicates, we maybe have some extras. But these are my final two. So, number nine, I put on here because the game looked so great. Although I have no nostalgia for the series that it's kind of inspired by, but I am um, talking about, I believe it is Euden Chronicle Hundred Heroes, which is a Sweden spiritual successor. Is that and what that is? I'm, I had no idea what the hell this yes, was. So this is the spiritual successor to Sweden, infamously like amazing game. Everyone who plays it loves it. It is, a, you know, it's the big hook is that like there are a hundred recruitable characters. Uh, it is a classic turn-based RPG, you know JRPG approach, and so they did a Kickstarter for a spiritual successor. That Kickstarter broke every record, and now it is coming. Like this was kind of their big reveal trailer. Like, hey, it's coming out. It's it's happening, right? Like, and I, it's coming to Game Pass. It is. I saw I saw back.
0: the first part and like the character pants. I'm like, oh god, this looks awful. This looks like every like. Gotcha game that has all these characters that doesn't really show you gameplay footage, but just shows you these screens yep. of character anime characters in hopes that that'll get you hyped to buy them. And then the gameplay started going off, and I was like, uh, what? Uh, what? Yep. Let me come back here? What's going on? <laughs>
1: and what's crazy about this is, and you see it somewhat in the trailer, but this maintains that, you know, it's called 100 Heroes. There are 100 recruitable heroes in this game which means that you're going to have so many branching options as far as dialogue, as far as story. And this game is so hyped, Cameron. You saw it right there at the very end. This game is so hyped. They've announced a sequel to it already. So it's not even out yet. And there's already a sequel to it planned. So you know this game is going to be big. People are very excited for it. And I think this is one, if you are a fan of the look of like Octopath Traveler, that three-dimensional 2D pixel graphic art style. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. And I would say, I I think you would agree, Cameron, that this even goes a a step beyond that, right? Because we had archers, like, standing on clips. Like, it was something. Like, the way the Cameron one that
0: panned, it looks very cool. And I, like, I I will wait until it releases and see how it does. But uh, I saw the gameplay, and I was like, ooh, I'm interested. Go ahead. Here's what,
1: here, Cameron, here's the killer. Here is the thing that is going to make it be so hard to not love Xbox for the next five years. That's coming to Game Pass. So whether or not you like it, you can try it for part of your subscription. Boom, there you go. Yeah, no. So it's like, I think this game is going to do extraordinarily well, uh, regardless of Game Pass or not. But then on top of that, you're going to have, at this point, I think, what do they say? 13 million? Oh, no, sorry. I think it's 30 million people in Game Pass right now. That is... 30 million people could play this game day one, right? That is numbers beyond what you could have even imagined. And don't quote me on that. That number may be wrong. It but. was
0: uh, 23 million. I Googled it here. It's 23 million as of April 20th this year. So Okay, so 23 million players is a lot. There, uh, and Forbes be, is... Uh, they're expecting about 30 million by the time Halo Infinite comes out later okay. this year cool cool, so. cool. yeah
1: I, I honestly think that once we see this is getting a little meta-y but once we see those Series X servers turn on for xCloud I think you're going to see a lot more engagement with xCloud because right now the only thing that's bad about xCloud is just the load times they're back to that Xbox One era of load times um, so I'm excited to see the, the new approach but Last, but certainly not least, Cameron, probably one of my most hyped multiplayer games of this year. And I even more so than Halo, right? Halo's going to be good. But Halo... What? I kind of know what I'm getting from Halo multiplayer. I don't really know what to expect at this point because Battlefield 2042 looks fucking insane. <laughs> I can't think of another way to describe this game. It is... It is so good looking first off second off 128 characters or 128 players in one game on next gen consoles or i guess current gen consoles it is weather effect like tornadoes sucking you up and you're just fighting in a tornado now and it's
0: like you have tornadoes wild. and like hurricanes and like when volcanoes explode it's, yeah
1: it's wild it's it's so <sighs> and like i can tell you that Battlefield is about to, like Call of Duty has got to bring it this year because this has really got people hyped. So hyped that I don't know if you saw this camera but like Battlefield 4 has had to spin up new servers.
0: Really? I did so not know people, that. Holy. So crap. many people
1: are playing Battlefield 4 again because that was the last like modern entry they had that they are having to spin up new servers to handle the capacity. And so it is
0: there's a I lot did of hype not news. know that. Wow. And the fact
1: that they are, I think they're really going all in. You know, there's no single player on this. Say what you, I know you're a huge single player proponent, but I applaud them for like making a decision and like going with it. And yeah, having an approach. There's a visual style on, that gonna, is.
0: I'm going to be that guy. <clears throat> But $70 for a multiplayer-only game? And I don't yep. get a campaign? Yep. This is ridiculous. I can't. Yep. How is this even popular? Okay. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm, that's making me sick saying that. Exactly. <laughs> but it's,
1: man, It like Battlefield, this is Battlefield's moment. Like, if Battlefield, if this Battlefield is not good, I will, as someone who's been playing Battlefield since 1942, I'll say that this will probably, like, if this one's not good, that that might be, I might just call it for Battlefield. Wow! But I don't think that's going to happen. Like when you look at what they're doing here, they're they're going back to that like idea of like the the levels evolve over time and change based on stuff you do. Like what does launching the rocket do? I don't know, but it's cool. Uh, tornado. Don't know why there's a tornado in the middle of Dubai, but it's cool.
0: Hold on, we, like, got, we got we got to get to. We gotta get to the part everybody wants yeah, to see. To the, yeah, get go to the on,
1: tornado go. part where like you just get sucked up and oh, now are just going This is the
0: part everybody wants to see. I did not realize that this was based on an actual player. Yep. yep. Who did this in a battlefield game?
1: Dude, go, dude. Player, the players. This is a. There's a cult around this. Really? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, dude. Tri- just look up battlefield trickshot. You will be very
0: back pleased
1: with what you find so crazy. yeah it's uh battlefield's back baby it's back and i am super excited it is going to be a great game i i i, I fed the hype monster a lot i really thought this was going to come to game pass um but it does not seem to be coming to game pass it is going to be its own standalone release i expect to be 70 dollars, but i think something i think they ran. said
0: 70 dollars. yeah um, for probably next
1: gen. next gen 70 for yeah, next, gen. next gen is 70 because they're also delivering a double player count on next gen so it's not just like a one-to-one recreation like that games on next gen will be way crazier because of that yeah 64 v 64 play count that was usually only on the pc version that had that so i'm excited that's the last of my big hype ones i've got um i've got a couple of extras that we may talk about yeah, I think we, if well, the host lets me.
0: Yeah, well, we'll, well, we might have some time to talk about those. Well, actually, you know what? I've, I've got three. I'm looking at my, the last couple that I have. I'm going to talk about three of the last few that I have. So pick one or two from yours that you've really got to talk about here, and we'll let, I'll let you talk about them around the show. But I want to talk about three. <sighs> Damn it, actually, it might be four. Talk about them. We're here. We're going to talk about them. I'll do my best to be as brief as possible here. But. Number one, the one I, I think, let me look through my list here. This is, I, I would have to figure out if this would be like my most anticipated game from E3. But I'm very, very happy that this game is exists. Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Let me tell you. It, it, honestly, basically, this whole E3 was great for Cam because it was tactical RPG, E3, and I like Cameron's in. And this game, if you have not had a chance to play this game, I think you could pick it up on the cheap on the Switch now. But like, what I think what ended out is what started as like this kind of cutesy, you know, weird, you know, weird cutesy little collaboration between Ubisoft and Nintendo has now like they've seen the power of this collab and now they're leaning even more to it and making bringing even more games to their uh, the original one. Um, was just awesome. Mario plus Rabbits Kingdom Battle is wonderful. A great tactical uh, um, RPG game. It is fun and has the Nintendo charm, but it's also very challenging, and it gets very tough very quickly if you're not paying attention. This is not a game that I would necessarily tell you to give your, you know, eight year old child uh, to play. Uh, but it is. I'm just so happy to see that we're getting a sequel to this game. Uh, they have they haven't revealed all of the characters that are uh, uh, a lot of them are just returning ones that they've shown right now except for um, there's Rabid Rosalina, which is pretty awesome. And just, like our, our, the, the reveal trailer was just awesome because she was just like sitting over like just tired and exhausted and asleep in the back corner. She's like, ah, oh, just whatever. Okay, fine. I'll come help you guys since we're in space now and the, the rabbits have merged with the Lumen stars from Super Mario Galaxy and now they give you special abilities. Um, in battle, if you have a certain lumen, rabid lumen on you, I can't remember what they're called, but yes, um, yeah, there are still more characters that they have not announced uh, that are going to get revealed. I'm really, really um, excited. <laughs> Rerutu in chat says, Kim is definitely a 10-year-old trapped in a grown man's body. I'm glad somebody has realized this because that's, that's like 85% true. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm a kid that's old enough to drive and uh, and drink, so there you go. But I, I Sparks of Hope is really great. I, I definitely encourage if you like tactical RPGs and you have a Switch and you have not played Mario vs. Rabbids Kingdom Battle, go play that. Go play it right now. You can get it like 10 or 20 bucks. It is a very, it's one of those hidden gems that you can find on the Switch. Um, that I think everyone should play. And the fact that we're getting a sequel for it, thumbs up. I'm very excited for it. Um, the next one I want to talk about is uh, then I'll pass it back to you, Seth, to get your two, your next two, and then I'll do two more. Um, is one that I I am cautiously optimistic about. Okay, and I will explain why um, because I, I think I still have a few concerns about this game, but I want to see how it comes it comes together at launch. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the Square Enix game. Uh, I think I think it's Idols Montreal and Square Enix, if I'm not mistaken, Seth. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. But the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, I was watching the Square Enix sh- showcase, and I was like, Oh, oh! I've totally forgotten they announced they were working on a game in this realm, and they show it, and like the style and the character models, like, oh, this is pretty interesting. But then I'm watching them like, ah, but it looks like Marvel's Avengers. And I just, I, I have a hard time going back to that game. But then them coming out and saying that this is a single player, story driven campaign got me kind of reinvigorated for this. Um, and the, I, I, it's not to knock against Marvel's Avengers there, but I think, and I hope, the fact that it's single player will at least help the game developers at least narrow out their vision as opposed to what they were working on to try and do with, uh, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, and like, I, I'm really yeah. hoping this game, that, that, my problem is that i watching some of the gameplay. Cause I think Square Enix had like an extended run for this game. It's like 20 or 30 minutes showcasing this game and some of the combat, some of the combat looks a little stiff and looks somewhat similar to Marvel's Avengers. Um, this is not necessarily a bad thing but I think one of the things that Avengers I no, it, is. It, my, it is a bad uh, thing uh, I, one thing I didn't like about it was like and I think I talked to somebody else about this is that it's, it just feels repetitive and I, I'm curious to know especially with one you controlling Peter Quill the entire time and you just issue out commands to your teammates how where the diversity in that combat is and that's really what's concerned me with the game right now but I think Honestly, I think from the style of the game and the lore they're going into and exploring the Guardians universe um, and even like character models and how everybody looks where it's still, you know, everybody complained like, oh, the Marvel characters aren't don't look like the Marvel characters and these don't look like the Marvel characters to a certain extent, but like I think they have their own style and flair that more trends towards the comic books, which is really cool. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm interested to see more about the game and really see it in action as we get closer to October to see if some of my concerns gets, uh, you know, ironed out or if they're still there. I'm on the fence yeah. about getting a chance to play this, but that being said, I am very excited for it. I was very, I did very much like what they showed. The fact that they showed so much as opposed to just like a, a tra- you know, a quick cinematic trailer and boom, we're done. They were like, no, we got gameplay and all sorts of stuff for you. So, boom, here yeah. you go. I thought it was really, really cool. So, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. So, I want to say it really
1: throws me off that because you're not the only person that said it. This was a popular thing that was said about Marvel's Avengers and this game. But I find it really odd that people complain when games that are based on movies from the MCU have characters that don't look like the MCU, right? Like, they look like kind of cheap spinoffs, some people say. Some people say, like, oh, they look like they're, you know, completely... They don't even look anything like the movies, and that's what people care about. But then, when you look at, like, Marvel's Spider-Man, that game's praised for being, like, so different from the movies, right? And it's, it's just a weird... I haven't quite figured out like because spider-man is kind of in the mcu like no let's he is in the mcu and like well but the, people when you know when miles morales came out people were not like oh well peter doesn't look anything like the peter from
0: well the, the other movie, big so. thing is like people say that and then they don't realize you know, yes they don't look like the movies they look like the comics which yeah, is where the well, movies like, are pulling I source say, from so
1: star-lord does look like macklemore and that's done. He uh, looks exactly like Macklemore Oh However, god! The other Guardians look really great. Like I love the look for Groot. Mantis is really awesome. Um, I love Dra- like I, everyone else looks awesome. But man, he looks like Mac Macklemore, and that's the guy you play as. And I'm like, oof. Like,
0: I don't know, man. Just put the mask on, and everything will be fine.
1: Just Yeah, put the mask. Yeah, the mask stays on during gameplay, <laughs> 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 and we'll be fine.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, Okay, I give you two more, Seth. You get two more. Okay. It's
1: going to be that one and that one. I'm giving you a a heads up. Okay, got it. All right. Oh, sorry, that one. Okay, so first off, the darling. The absolute darling of E3. This is going to be a game that I think is going to have an impact similar to what Fez had. Maybe not quite as, like cryptic as fez was however i'm talking about tunic tunic cameron we've been looking at this game for years i think it's a joke within the game press community that like when you go to e3 you just play tunic <laughs> like it's <laughs> i think it's been at the e3 for like four years straight but tunic is the weird spiritual successor to zelda like the original legend of zelda uh, yeah. it is also got some weird dark soulsy elements to it like you know stamina management and i think it even has like a a souls like a experience component so really um, so you see so see when he dies he drops all of his rupees so you have to kind of like get back there to get your sorry not rupees but like money or whatever so um it's if you haven't played the demo it may be too late to play it i know that the demo is available right now on the xbox demo showcase i have played it I played it on PC uh, about six months ago. It was a weird technical thing. Um, I at this point I, I played through the demo on Xbox a little bit, but I just kind of want to play this game. Um, I'm ready to play it, the actual finished real game. But man, Cameron, let me just tell you, this game is going to is going to make a splash when it lands. It is. Uh, you can I've, even
0: see if you're watching here. It's got a lot of Zelda vibes to it. Like I didn't. I didn't play a lot the- of vibes. I didn't play this current demo, but I did get a chance at a convention like a two years back uh, playing it, and I, everything that I enjoyed from the game is very cool, very evocative of yeah. that Zelda vibe and whatnot. So I'm with you. I'm very excited to see the finished product for this and see how it yeah. goes. Hundred percent.
1: Very very fun, and I yeah I really can't wait to play it. So, all right, my last one is uh, Back for Blood. Uh, This is the new game from Turtle Rock,
0: creators
1: of Left 4 Dead. And it's basically. Wait, sorry. I think I'm wrong on that. It is not the creators of. It is not from Turtle Rock. It is from the original creators of Left 4 Dead that left. I think so. Sorry. I think it's still Turtle Rock. Is it still Turtle Rock? Yeah. Let me double check. Back check that
0: for me. I got you, um, Turtle Rock Studios. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I thought the evolve thing had caused some fracture at the studio. Anyway, no. so Turtle Rock coming back. They're basically making Left for Dead without calling it Left for Dead. Um, back for Blood is its name, and uh, it really made me remember why I love Left for Dead. The adaptive difficulty, just the like the sheer number of zombies on screen, and like the The worst part about Left 4 Dead is it just stopped, right? Like they just they they came right. out with Left 4 Dead 2, they ported all the maps over, and then that was kind of it. They just you know they never yep. added in new zombie types, they never added in new mechanics to the game, new weapons or anything like that. So having this game come back uh, with new special zombies, you can see if you're watching the gameplay, like the the, the swarms are back, you know they're back. Kind of gives me that. Uh, um what was the playstation game with the zombies uh, uh day's, days gone, gone. days so gone good. thank you thank you uh kind of gives you that little days gone vibe where you know, just swarms of zombies coming at you and and also like the p- characters have like personality to them which is something that i i really like like i can tell you remember pills here you know like it was it was great like left for dead was a great game and to see them kind of going making a spiritual successor to that and, you know, making fun PvP as well as a good, like, um, you know, c- repeatable PvE component. I can't wait to play this. Also, coming to Game Pass, baby, like, mm, it is a good time to be a co-op gamer in Game Pass world because I pretty much, you know, you think you got this, you got the, the new um, Dark Tide from the Vermintide like,
0: people, like, yeah. so
1: many good co-op PvE games
0: coming, so... Night for Blood is my last one. October 12th. It's coming out soon. October too. 12th, coming out. Very excited. Um, okay, I've got two more. And... One, okay, yeah. I'm going to talk about these last two. So one I'm going to talk about here. Was not expecting... I still haven't beaten the first one. Was not expecting this at all. I was like, started watching this trailer. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And like, what is this? Starting to? Okay, I'm seeing these animals like, wait, is this what I think is going on? Are they going to bring this back? And um, the sequel to A Plague's Tale Innocence, um, this is A Plague's Tale Requiem. Uh, they are getting a sequel. It's uh, From Focus Interactive, all those guys here, It is, I'm very excited to see that this is getting a sequel. I've played some of this game. I need to finish beating this game. But from what I've played so far, it is such a fun interesting world that is built here and the gameplay loop is very fun where you are um pardon me for names cuz i cannot remember names but you are um you're this girl young girl and you're trying to you know keep your uh, little sick brother safe who i think has some like interesting powers or something and then you're in this early european setting where you have to worry about this deadly rat plague that is swarming and killing everyone and it's just I, the one big problem that I had with this game, and and Seth, I was playing this game on my PC, so you understand, is that there looked to be some. It could have used a little bit more polish. It was great, but there wasn't like I had some frame rate stutters, and it wasn't as smooth as I expected it to be on my hardware. Um, and so I'm I I the fact that they're getting a sequel and it's only coming to next gen systems. And oh, actually, I think it's coming to. Um, it's coming to all of this. No, it's coming only to next-gen systems. Only
1: next-gen, yeah. And but, Switch. I think the big thing from that trailer is that, like, giant swarm of rats. That was always a big thing in the game, but, like, that swarm was way bigger than what you saw in uh, Innocence. So I do think they're really going to double down on those, those those moments. So
0: Yeah. And, and the fact that I, I really think they're going to take that time to build... Um, I, honestly, like, I'll still play the game, but if they can smooth out some of the performance hikes, which I think they, I you know, I, I get I cut up some slack for that because I, I think that was like their first game that they had built, and yeah. the fact now they have that game under their belt and just iron out those performance issues, I'm really excited. This is a great story. I want to jump back in and finish playing this game. You guys should definitely check it out if you have not played it as well. But a Plague Tale Requiem, a thumbs up for me. Um, I, I, Veruoto, I've not. I, I don't I don't know anything about that
1: I will um, tell you this Cameron so a plagues tale innocence is actually on my angry list which uh, of, oh. of games where I have just straight up lost progress because of technical problems so and it's the uh, only Xbox okay. game I've ever had this so my last three hours of that game did not give me any credit for it didn't pop achievements or anything. And I didn't realize it until I got to the end and noticed no achievements had popped. And I was like, what's going on here? And I backed out and I noticed that the auto save was from three hours back. I tried to save the game and the game crashed. And then when I booted it back up, you lost three, it hours. Was for three hours of gameplay. So the last three hours of that game have been on my backlog so I can actually get the achievements for it. I've got it. Hopefully this kind of will spur me to like get back in there. But yes, be wary. It's a bit of a technical mess. Not a mess, but like a technical, it's a bit technically touchy. Yeah. So. My
0: last game, I don't necessarily, you don't necessarily expect to see this type of game on here, but Rocket Punch Award for best looking game at E3, hands down. And it's, move
1: over move over uh left for, or uh, sorry uh, last of us yeah it's it's, it's,
0: it's well let's relax um, <laughs> not even close um, forza horizon 5 uh, this I you know I've I've played horizon games before and usually I jump in and play around a little bit dicker and you know pull you know I'm done and, you know car games don't have not necessarily grabbed me. Only certain ones have in the more arcadey sense, but it's one of the reasons I like horizon than uh motorsport is that this is kind of on the more arcade like style. This game looks incredible. Um, they, when they uh, in the Xbox conference, when they spent a lot of time talking about this game and you driving around in this lifelike, incredibly looking Mexico um landscape I, i'm really i was very impressed to see what that team over at, uh, i think it's playground uh games had done with this and uh, some of the in-game footage that they showed uh, it's just it, it's it looks great it looks incredible i want to jump in i i i actually want to commit myself to play a little bit more of this game um when it comes out later this year um, it, yes, it, yes, we Roo 2, my cars go vroom, vroom, and zoom, zoom. Uh, it, especially in this game here, but like all the different games, all the different tracks, the locales, the weather, everything, just the photogrammetry efforts that they put in and capturing Mexico for this game are just stunning. Um, and this is good. I, this is, you know, we all, everybody knows next generation of consoles or systems or whatever you always get your car game to showcase how that system is going to look that's the best showcase for your system of hands down and i this is going to be that game that showcases the Xbox, the power of x for people come november uh very excited to get my hands on forza horizon 5 play with that game have fun i can't wait i'm I'm super excited for forza what a list what an E three! What an E three! And there, there are a bunch of games we didn't even get to talk about here that are still on our lists, um, and a whole lot more guys. But definitely, everybody listening and watching, and let us know what was your guys's favorite games of E three. What did you? What were the, some of the surprises you guys loved? You liked? Let us know over on Twitter at Rocket Punch Go on Twitter at Darth Turner over on Twitter as well. We definitely want to hear from you guys and uh, tell us what you guys liked from E3 this year, or if you even liked E3 this year, maybe you didn't like it, E3, and you didn't see anything that you did, that you liked. Um, let us know uh, for sure. Uh, but Seth, that's, that's it. That's all we got here for episode. That's, that's our post E3 wrap. Um, Forty three, 41 of the rocket punch show here. Post E3, E3 2021's in the books. Now we have a good idea of what we're looking forward to later on this year. Yep. um and then early next year as well. Um guys, we will be back again next right. week. We'll get back into our regular rhythm, giving you guys different topics and whatnot to um covering from All the right. week's news. All right,
1: Sony. All right, Sony. Everybody else went. It's your turn. <laughs> I know you like to close. So announce your state of play this week. We'll watch it. It'll you, be great.
0: You think they'll have one? I don't I don't I'm not expecting a state of play until like July at the earliest. Well, I mean, they, they yeah, maybe not this week, but there will most
1: definitely be a state of play that is a generic, like not just about one game. They're going to do a big thing to, and that's where you're going to see Final oh, Fantasy yeah. 16. That's why you didn't see 16. Like that's you're going to see all so the Final from Sony.
0: Yeah, to it's going to 16.
1: Be, 16 is going to be at the Sony thing. So I, I don't think E3's done. We haven't seen from EA yet. We haven't seen from Sony yet. I don't think we've seen all that Nintendo really has uh maybe not this summer but like I do think that you know we're going to get some more later this year I still am going to all die on the hill that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD are coming at some point
0: but we'll have to wait Wind Waker HD will sell like hotcakes on the switch I will buy, I,
1: I, I put it at, where does the where does the hold on where does the card go where does my where does it go does it go in the do I put it in where does it go in the switch is there a slot
0: in the switch that you put the money or but well, I'm sure Nintendo can figure it out at some point. It'll be it'll it out. when they do. It'll be completely convoluted. It has been a pleasure <laughs> to be
1: here with you, Mr. Cameron, yes. on our 41st episode of not actually 41 episodes, <laughs> actually way more episodes than way that, more the, recent, the numbers.
0: Way um, more.
1: It's, it's been a pleasure, and I, I'm excited. It's going to be a good year for gaming. I am excited that we're kind of getting in the back half of the year now. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah, be a good year, man. Is.
0: We'll have a, we'll, uh, a tease for next episode because I already have the idea because I always do it. We're, we're in June and we're going to July here. So definitely next year, or next episode is going to be uh, the time to talk about the uh, mid-year progress report. What's on our game of the year check so far? What are we liking? What are we not liking from games so far in 2021? So if you want to hear more of that from us definitely tune in next week there. Um, we'll have talk about that and a whole lot more. Um, but other than that, guys, we thank you so much for joining us here. Um, always have fun chatting and hanging out with you guys, and we appreciate you guys listening to the show and helping to make it even better and reach even more ears out there. Uh, but guys, take it easy. Hope you guys had a fun E3 and you guys saw and heard what you wanted to. Uh, good night and good game. We'll see you next week.